And now we go live to our Georgetown correspondent. Thank you, Jason. They're calling this the Battle of Georgetown. I'm surrounded by the burnt remains of a dozen or more unarmored personnel recreational transports. Recently, the shooting has died down on this block, so the looting, prostitution, and bar crawls can continue unabated. But at any time, the action could start up again and we could be forced to dodge bullets. It's a mindset you have to live with day in and day out, particularly if you work at or operate a business in this area. I'm embedded in a platoon led by First Sergeant Bernard Farquhart, <laughs> and he's here to talk to us now. Bernard, thank you for your service. By now you've ascertained from the broken glass on the ground and the small caliber ingress points on the storefront behind us that we are under siege. My team is tactically securing the sidewalk to hold this location. Bernard Farquhar, you're also a veteran of the Rainier Avenue insurrection. How does this compare? Thank you again for your service, by the way. It's an honor to serve my district. Rainier was hell, but child's play compared to Georgetown. We never had to deal with all these foobard recreational vehicles. We didn't have plywood to plug all these holes for months. We're in the shit, man. The homeless are close. I can smell them. Hang on. There seems to be something developing. Uh, a large group is approaching. They seem to be part of some kind of off-site or morale-building event. Uh, it's difficult to tell from what faction, possibly from the nearby Starbucks HQ or maybe from a team within Amazon. Uh, we've got to go. Shit, keep your head down! Podcast about meeting the city we love. I'm Colin. Uh, we're back on the boat with Greg. Hey, I'm Greg. And we also have a very special guest, super friend of the show, though he's never been on before. You've, you've probably heard his name many times if you're a longtime listener. We're here with Jason Rigdon. Welcome to the show. Hello, Mr. Rigdon himself. Mr. Rigdon, ex exactly. <laughs> so, if you're not familiar with Jason or his work, uh, I'm I'm going to call you a podcast magnate. Oh. <laughs> uh, you're currently running Talk to Seattle, uh, a show that we have appeared on once, um, which I think you described as civics, politics, and art. Yeah. yeah. Um, all about Seattle. And Podcast Questions, which is sort of a meta podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and not only are you doing that, but you also, also organize the Seattle Podcasters Guild and Meetup which is yeah. super cool. And that occurs every month at Optimism Brewery in yes. Capitol Hill. Yeah. 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 Well, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, yeah. we're, Thanks for coming. Yeah, well. we're very glad to have yeah. you. Glad to have Thanks you. Thanks for having me. It was an honor. And br brilliant <laughs> performance uh, as uh, the anchor. news anchor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. From from safety in, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, where were the headquarters? <sighs> I don't know. Westlake. Is that where Q13 yeah. <laughs> is? They used to be there. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. So I think we were... We're going to talk about mostly what you've been working on uh, at Talk to Seattle, I okay. think, recently mm -hmm. with respect to the city council races. You were, I, I said this earlier before the show started, <laughs> your list of um, who was running in the city council races was the first that I saw. Oh, cool. Um, There's a lot to keep track of. Yeah, because you were saying... At the time, it was like 20-something people, but there... Oh, no, I think it was like 40-something. 40? 40? Okay. Yeah, 40-something, okay. yeah. 40 people, yeah. and... 40-plus, um, yeah. Wow. And you are working to collect them all, you were yes, joking. Yes, like Pokemon. Yeah. yeah. I am going to collect them all. <laughs> I hope you got the Pokeballs for that, but... Um, yeah. yeah, so can you tell us, first of all, I guess, like, why you wanted to do this, and, <laughs> and how it's going generally? Yeah, um, gosh, I think... 
I was looking for people to interview and naturally some of the council folks seemed in, or council candidates seemed interesting to me. Um, and then I didn't realize, I don't think I realized how many people were running and uh, it seemed doable at first. I was going to do like, <laughs> you know, do, do an episode every week. But, you know, if you just do the math, you know, we'll be in like December by the time I get done releasing <laughs> all these and the election will be over, but I'll still be releasing. Yeah, yeah. So then I had to move to like five days a week. And so I try to limit it to three city council candidates a week and then try to get some other people, like two other people that are not running for anything, <laughs> like usually like an artist. So I had, nice. uh, I think like next, well, maybe two weeks, we're going to have a, the Seattle Walk Report. Oh, cool. Uh, Narbu is going to be, I think, this week. And then earlier we had Starhead Boy. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Very cool. Artists. Yeah, that's awesome. What, um, well, tell us, I mean, tell us a little bit more about what, I mean, because we've been mm -hmm. to like a, one of the meetups, mm -hmm. um, but I want to hear more about, before we like jump into just talking about like the council candidates, like tell us more about the Seattle Podcasters Guild or what mm -hmm. you're trying to do there or like yeah. what has come of it so far. Because like we went to, I think the first meet up at optimism we met some cool people yeah we, that's we were on we met the deadbeats, the deadbeat film society oh, yeah, cats right. there and then you know that's why we went on their show that was a great episode i love that episode oh, thank you yeah we had fun it was super fun hanging yeah, there awesome then. um uh but you know but yeah tell us what you i mean what are you trying to like yeah uh, so do there um i'm really just trying to connect podcasters and people who um want to start podcasts too so you know a lot of our so meetings, the world needs more Yes, we don't have enough. We, we don't. Like, um, yeah, we don't. We, we, we actually need more um, because it's one of those things like the marketplace of ideas. No, defend that position. Defend that position that yeah. the world needs more. I want to hear that. Yeah, we're yeah. going to watch you squirm a little bit. So it's like bands, right? So this is one reason. One thing I like to talk a lot about um, is that, you know, there are certain communities that just produce really great music. Yeah. And a lot of times... Like, you know, it's usually like a certain time and place. And when you look back, it's because there's like a really network kind of community there. Like everybody kind of knew each other. There's a lot of cross-pollination, a lot of like working together. Like folks would start bands, like leave bands, and like reform. And I see, I can see the same thing happening with podcasts too, is that if we can make a more connected podcast community here in Seattle, we'll just naturally start making oh, better podcasts. No big deal. It's just trying to reverse engineer lightning in a bottle. Totally. <laughs> no, no, why not? <laughs> Yeah, that is the that is the uh, 21st century way, I guess. Um, yeah. Well, it's yeah. Look, I, mean, I mean, I make fun, but um, no, I I agree. It's mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think it's helpful to a lot of people, and and it's cool, like just yeah. meeting other. I mean, people people. Make... I need more friends. I mean, well, people make fun about podcasting quite a bit, right? Because it's yeah. so easy, like yeah. you know what they say, like every white guy has got a podcast, right? Yeah. Uh huh. But we live in a time where like media has been so consolidated. Yeah. Like, these are really the only actual independent voices out there. Yeah. Like, everybody else is, like, either begging corporations for money or being employed by corporations. Like, so many people making local content, like you guys, you're you're independent. Like, yeah. no one's telling you what to do. No one's going to say, you can't release this episode. And so I really want to encourage that kind of independent media. Hell yeah. It took me a while to get into podcasts. When I did, I was, like, amazed. Like, wow, actually, a lot of, like, important voices mm -hmm. are at least partially... Put, putting out some people like that I was you know reading for years mm -hmm. also like have podcasts that are really impactful I think mm -hmm. like it's one thing and I still do this because I hound I have lots of like friends that I hound with shit all the time and like it's one thing to like send someone an article mm -hmm. or even give someone a book um for some reason you would think this <laughs> wouldn't be the case but like you can get someone 
hooked on a podcast. Mm -hmm. Like, you can evangelize that. And uh, it works. Like, I have this new thing where I'm telling people, like, that I know, like, at the right moment. (laughs) Like, I give up. There's a program. It's a two-step program. Um, It's stop listening to NPR (laughs) and replace that in your life with... um, Jackman Radio and Citations Needed, which is really like four. Jackman Radio is like three different shows that feed, and then add Citations Needed on there, and you get it's you know it's such a broad thing that's filling um, the same like role in your life as um, as listening to like KOW, but it it isn't stupid and is really <laughs> really really great awesome content you know and like on really good topics with from really smart people that you're not hearing on yeah on those outlets because i know a lot i've been historically an npr listener and mm-hmm. i know a lot of them and like um yeah exactly you know once you go to podcasting it's hard to go back and yeah yeah one reason why is because like well so i'm a big podcast listener and like i listen to my things like sped up right like a lot of people do you know you, mm-hmm. you get rid of the silence whoa and whoa, all those whoa, whoa. Yeah. slow the fuck down oh. okay i am like this is blowing my <laughs> shut the f- what <laughs> Yeah. You speed up to so it's they yeah, go it's like, by faster because you need to con, you're consume like, more. Con, yeah, the, you're mean, turning up like the data rate of your podcasts. Yeah, so that you can process well, them faster. Now remember one reason why is because I do like two episodes a week of a sh- podcast <laughs> yeah. where I interview other podcasters, so I need to listen to their shows. Yeah, I listen to so much content. This is like one podcast in one ear, one <laughs> yeah. other. Like, if, I, if I could, I would, but um, and then I turn the radio to NPR. I'm like. Oh my god! <laughs> I can't. What's wrong here? Okay, I do not want to get on that drug and be chasing that fucking dragon the rest of my like media consuming oh, yeah, life. No, I, so no. well, no, I do. Thank I you. do that with YouTube too. If you do YouTube oh, on shit. desktop, you can do double speed there too. That is super hardcore. I don't think Which, I could ever you, do that. You, well, if you're watching those city council meetings oh, on YouTube, fair enough. Yeah. you can totally. Then you can get through yeah. because like a lot of that is there's a lot of you know whatever going on yeah. there and like I'm sure I'm picturing you like. Doing your dishes with Google Glass on your face, <laughs> watching pod, uh, watching YouTube at double speed. Yeah. No, usually it's just me on the chair of the cat. Just watching city council <laughs> stuff at double speed, just trying to figure out what's going on. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you're blowing my mind. I mean, I, you know, wow. Yes. Yeah. Just... So NPR is so slow with a lot of their stuff. And like, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of podcast listeners that they, they only listen to NPR content. I mean, yeah. There's yeah. The, I think the NPR app that people mm-hmm. like quite a lot. Yeah. Um, but those folks are getting kind of such a very narrow, like, view of podcasting. They don't realize all the stuff that's out there. Yeah. Though it does inform their opinion on the the art in scare quotes, like yeah. I've had a few people kind of just laugh in my face when they discovered this podcast because it didn't sound like an NPR podcast. It's not radio. Like I, did, I wrote this article about like the different types of podcasts. Yeah. Like some like podcasting consultants were talking about it on the show, and like they kind of took issue. So well, my my. I was trying to make this list of the different formats of podcasts that okay. are. And one of my things was recycled. And they didn't like that. And well, so so you also compiled the, um, like, your your exhaustive list of all Seattle yes. podcasts. Yeah. Yes. Both by subject, by just location, by whatever. Well, like. Yeah, I don't think I've gotten location quite yet. Well, but I mean, like, oh, yeah, for, for Seattle. Made for in Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, so it's like, I think. Uh, so what's the. so. Uh, how many of those have you actually sampled, by the way? 
Um, gosh, not that many really. Like, because how many believe, are there? I believe I'm we're at two seventy five now. Wow. I think I need to do an update, and I keep on promising. What's the most common stuff? Um, geek culture. Yeah. Okay. So video games, D and D. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of it, and you know, like I was on a show, super awesome geek show, um, but it's really hard to differentiate yourself. It's like a very saturated like genre. This you really is why need something we unique. Never, why we never did a, a movie podcast. Yeah, you know, yeah. like we probably we probably thought about that for the last like ten years. Yeah, um, and we're just like, because this that's the other thing we mm-hmm. talk about all the time yeah. is for our entire, you know, mm-hmm. and our other friends is movies. Yeah. Yeah. Particularly bad movies, but again, that's again, <laughs> yeah. that's already been done a hundred fucking times. It's, you need some kind of angle. No. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, we could never crack that just logically, I think, and in our talks about this never went that far of like, because we've, Colin and I and some of our friends have seen more like bad cinema than probably <laughs> anyone else alive. Hundreds do it of movies. Thousands. We do yeah. every week. Over like more than ten years. For more than a decade we get together watch two in the old days it would be like three movies <laughs> a night of not just like i met like we're talking thousands so it's, you can't watch the room that mm-hmm. over and over and over and over again we're talking like shit you've never heard of mm-hmm. every possible category yeah sure big terrible blockbusters that you know everyone's heard of like transformers yeah great wow. you know but all sure that but also hallmark christmas films <laughs> um uh, Christian cinema. <laughs> yeah. um, Alex Kendrick yeah. represent. Oh, yeah. Does Scarecrow have a podcast? They should have. A, they, they should. Yeah, that's a really great I idea. Be, wow, that's I, uh, yeah. I have really so should. many people coming to me like wanting to do business podcasts, but they have no plan. <laughs> they also don't want to pay me. They want they want you to produce. People are um, asking you to produce their podcast. Yeah, like for free or almost free for a business. Like I would, cool. I totally will help people if they're just like. Whoever, yeah. but a business should pay their employees. Yeah, yes, what, <laughs> what is their pitch? Are they like, this will be good for your exposure? Or oh something? yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That sweet, sweet exposure. Well, the internet, everything's free on the internet, including labor. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, even the stuff that they promise to pay you, then they don't pay you. <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> that sucks, man. Yeah, yeah, but there, there are tons of people, and they all want to know, well, how can I make a compelling, like, podcast about my company? can't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so like people come to me like you know with their kind that of surprises me though, sad cause... blockchain company and yeah. they're like how can we make a podcast about this that people will listen to can yeah <laughs> <laughs> most software companies probably aren't going to be able to make a good podcast about their company because no it's going to be way too in the weeds like mm-hmm. unless you really want to be making a show that's like really really niche yeah like you want your customers they're using this API to listen to this and like really get into it, but they don't want that. They want, you know, they're like, well, how can I rank on iTunes? Like that show is not going to rank on iTunes. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. It sounds I mean, like you're talking to a manager also. <laughs> when, okay. We should like, um, stop the nerd talk. Um, but at, at, once we cut this out, actually, we should be asking you for advice off air about, um, how to, how to juice our numbers. Oh, I can tell you all, if you want to know how to cheat, I've got all the ways. Okay, great, great. Um, well. I mean, not that I use them. I always, <laughs> I, I, I will point out all the ways people the cheat. The dark podcasting arts. Yeah. Um, all right. So I guess the, the real deal here is like, tell us about, so how many of you talk to? I've, uh, council uh, candidates <laughs> out of uh, the 40 plus yes. so far so i believe last week i crossed the threshold of talking to most of them okay um 
but more are still announcing, so it's kind of like uh, yeah, the, the finish line. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's so, changing. Yeah, because I, I put it in my email, then I was like, oh, like to people, you know, asking them to come on the show. Um, and I was like, well, five more people announce, I will throw off my numbers, <laughs> and I, it won't be exactly most. I was like, yeah. no one's going to care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, lots of... I don't know how many I've actually released. I think total for the show, I think we have 35 total episodes out. Okay. But I think only last month did we go to five days a week. So it's... I've got a whole bunch that are in the can that need to be, like, put out. You're doing God's work. Yeah. Well, someone's got to. Um, well, I mean, a lot of... Like, I see a lot of my people have been on um, Cairo Radio yeah. oh. giving interviews. Yeah. Sure. I think, been, I think they've been interviewing quite a lot of people. I don't know how, like, how broad. Like, I'm doing everybody. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they're doing everybody. The Stranger's also doing pieces on yeah. a lot of folks. Yeah, I think too, there's something right? definitely valuable about, like, hearing someone's voice. And yeah, really yeah, hearing yeah. Them talk. Mm-hmm. Like, it well, really builds a connection. Just, definitely. Um, I mean, they're relatively short interviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like 15, 20 minutes. I yeah. Think, yeah. Let's start breaking it down. Like, who are these people? Yeah. At least the ones you've talked oh, to. Okay. So, who do we got? So, like, should we go by district or oh, go by, like, yeah. should we divide into categories? Like, who are the cops running in the race? <laughs> oh, who are the cops? Um, it, it, once again, like, I think we are saying earlier, it's like Pokemon, where you have these different types. So, we do have, like, there are, like, I think three? I, I'm, there's so many, like, it's hard for me to keep track myself. I think there's three different police, former police officers that are running. Cool, very I cool. Don't know if I can name them all. That's all right. I don't think I've actually interviewed any of them. I want I want everyone to come on the show. I want all the candidates to come on yeah, the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think I've had any police officers. Um, been updated. Yeah, Sergio Garcia is one of the former police okay. officers that is um, running in and District Six. District Six, yeah, and then. Oh, There's one I thought that was running in District Seven. Didn't we talk about Let's that, see, Greg? District Seven at some point, but maybe Ooh. I yeah, yeah in our district. Yeah, which one of that? Got, which guy? Uh, well, uh, Jim Pugil. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think yeah. so. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, um, oh, uh, Brandon uh, Colding. Okay. Yeah, I believe so. I, yeah, say yes, yes. I, those are the ones I know of that were former police officers. Those are all like uh, they were SPD guys i believe so yeah. yeah yeah and i think we only have two incumbents that's the really big thing it's like yeah yeah two no no three who well, so yeah, are the three uh shama Sawant. yes uh herbold lisa yeah. herbold, herbold. Yes. and um deborah juarez yes yeah yes. and everyone else is not up for re-election or has bowed out yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the or large, the large seats are not up. <laughs> no, no. Those are they're up next year. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I really think the democracy vouchers really allowed a lot more people to want to enter the race because, like, if you don't have friends with deep pockets, yeah. you really yeah. can't yeah. run for office. You can't but, pass the Rolodex test. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and you know the democracy voucher program has got some issues, but yeah. it's an experiment, right? Yeah. There's not many. It's pretty unique what we're doing. Yeah, for definitely. City politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And considering how much. If you, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but the the, the price that these seats are going to cost, like of doing it, like it's insane. Like the the district wide ones were insane last yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So, and the city's still kind of dealing with this whole thing of like the districts are kind of relatively new. Yeah. Like people, yeah. like are not really familiar with the districts, like citizens, and also, I think it's kind of reflected in some of my interviews when I asked folks about you know. 
some of the issues facing their districts, um, their district. Um, sometimes they have a hard time actually really focusing on district level issues. Yeah, yeah. Which kind of, I think, shows that there's still that kind of mindset in a lot of candidates that these are kind of citywide. Mm -hmm. But you really need, I think, in order to get elected in this kind of district system where it's localized, you really need to be able to say, oh, my district has, like, this list. I have, like, a laundry yeah, list of things yeah. for those folks. You know, because you also need the more citywide appeal, but you really need to be, like, speaking to those local folks. District 7 is a weird one, right? We've talked about that because Magnolia and Queen Anne are in District 7, but Pioneer Square is also in District 7. Yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah, be, I've been surprised in my interviews that and I think down. I've done a couple people with District 7 and the uh, Magnolia Bridge has not came up. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think anybody's talked about it yet um, because they still want that bridge replaced. Hey, I gotta say, I want that bridge replaced. <laughs> hey, I've got... Okay, okay. <laughs> we uh, can have everything we want. We don't. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Yeah, that's, it really that's doesn't. That's my perspective here, here, on that. All it takes is a little ingenuity, creative thinking, and problem solving. All you have to do is take this uh, waterfront viaduct we're not using and take it in big chunks and repurpose <laughs> it as the new uh, Magnolia Bridge. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah, I think those are solid engineering principles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, like, uh, what's the other one? Is the, the, well, this one has been talked about a little bit of um, the link rail going to uh, West Seattle. Yeah. That's a big yeah. issue. People want a tunnel. Yes. The overhead, yeah, yeah. But the tunnel's going to be... If, if, yeah, it's going to be very expensive for a tunnel. Yeah. So, and they don't... It's not like they have, like, a ton of money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, you know, that's... I mean, they don't have a ton of money, but they're doing mega projects, so... Right. They, that money, like, dwindles quickly. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I mean, there's a big problem, I think, in on city-level politics everywhere in this country <laughs> that... And this is in some ways pretty unique to the United States the since the 80s in the sort of Reagan neoliberal revolution the federal government has pulled back has all funding for everything and that is literally the only way you can actually do infrastructure is on the le on the level that controls a sovereign fucking currency mm -hmm. and so now you've got in I think everywhere in America, you've got people, you know, local politics is about, like, how do we spend these meager funds that we have to solve these big problems, and what are the innovative solutions, or who are the bad guys here, and it's like, at the end of the day, it is all bullshit, because you won't solve fucking any of it without um, a completely different approach to federal funding and governance. Well, we've dug ourselves in a big hole. Like, we've got bridges falling down in this country. Yeah. yeah. Because for yeah. years and years and years, we have neglected our infrastructure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, it, I haven't, like, I continuously think eventually, like, yeah, on the national level, we're going to have a big push to fix this stuff. It just never happens. It just, keep the, it just yeah. keeps on growing. The Of course, we got federal funding for the, the beautiful uh, tunnel under the city. <laughs> That no one's driving. Not public, in. not fucking public transit, you know? Yes. Yeah, the, the, the waterfront issue. I'm surprised that that's not brought up more. Yeah. Um, it's really kind of been swept under the rug. Well, those the, the, the fight was had and lost over and over. Yeah. Like, it, it was decisively... I'm, I'm still bitter. I'm still bitter about the monorail. Yeah, seriously, so <laughs> am I, man. Dude, listen, I, I volunteered for McGinn mm -hmm. um, when he ran. Basically, that whole campaign was about that fucking tunnel. And 
the reality was it was too late at that point and the momentum was there and so many people were stacked up so many interests were stacked up against the people who were against that fucking tunnel and including McGinley even when he was mayor it was like it was it was out of his hands um that that that's and but that tells you like that big project got done because it got an enormous amount of federal funding but and now, it's and so now t- people are shocked that the real estate is increasing in value <laughs> along. Oh yeah, weird, really strange, yeah, that. side effects. Yeah, huh. like uh, that's bizarre. Um, <laughs> the market works in mysterious ways, yeah. Jason. I know. Gosh, I just think if you were clever enough to have bought that land, yeah, uh, clever, some, clever enough. <laughs> sometimes the invisible hand pats you on the back. Sometimes <laughs> it gives you a reach around. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, like, are there district level? issues that people are taking positions on but one thing somebody was talking about was in district four um sewer stuff hmm. um which is like a very i i loved it because it's like you know this is like a real what are real the city. sewer issues in? so apparently in district four the sewers have been neglected quite a bit i'm system, guessing that's true system. everywhere yeah um she was saying that you know she thought that it was particularly bad there, which I like that because that's like a very run the city kind of issue that's a real yeah like yeah. a lot of people want to have grandiose things like the sewer is very important. It was yeah, not working. Yeah. Like and like we were talking, like infrastructure has not been taken care of. I could totally see our sewer lines uh, being yeah. all kinds of messed up. Oh, everything's oh, uh, so right out here. About once every month or two, the water main cracks a leak oh. on a different spot on my block. Like right along, <laughs> it runs right along like the strip of parking right mm-hmm. in front of the marina fence. It's right under there. Is the water main? Literally, like every six to eight weeks they they're like water starts seeping up from the ground in a different <laughs> spot and they have to come in dig it out and patch what i assume is a hundred year old pipe yeah so it's probably has like 12 patches on it inside of uh like 200 yards right now but i mean that's just the reality everywhere and it's like that's why you know city politics becomes about like this this like how do we like how to triage this shit and how to best assign the how to best use how to use the funds most efficiently like and it's like it's just a losing battle this is why we you know we harp on ideology instead it's like because i think you you can sit here and talk about like how we're spending the money to combat homelessness the dollars we have for fucking forever it does like it doesn't matter you need a whole different fucking approach um so yeah and i think that those that framing is about starving the beast right like yeah. this is oh, really yeah. whenever we talk about this stuff we're if whether we realize it or not we're talking about austerity yeah yeah we've been living under austerity for decades um it's been exported around the world as well uh, for decades in some places and more you know in the last 10 years and like in europe but how long do you think that's gonna last do you think that there's an end point to this i mean that's up in the air but yeah. like the, i mean because it's not sustainable i think that's what it's getting clearly at. It's no, not sustainable no. so it has to but end like, not, is it... well our society as it is is not sustainable but you can sustain <laughs> austerity forever i mean yeah but I mean, that's can, the only way for a, for city level politics to ultimately change is for the bigger questions on a larger level mm-hmm. to change. Yeah. Um, and make the conversations so about something. Solve this problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, fine tuning, uh, data, you know. Have you thought about the blockchain? Yeah, <laughs> yeah if we blockchain can use... for the sewer. So, yes. as an expert on that, um, talk to me about how blockchain could be used to triage our crumbling sewer system, you know? Yeah. I mean, um, it can't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll uh, tokenize sewage. <laughs> yeah. Every time you flush your toilet, you'll a, make money. Yeah, a token is created yeah. on the sewer ledger. Yeah, it'll be put, it'll put directly in your wallet, and so yeah. we're going to encourage people to use the sewer more. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. No, no. Uh, well, it sounds like con conservation. <laughs> conservation yeah. is is yeah. uh what you need to do there pass and it, i think the important thing is that we pass whatever the we socialize the problems of our system down to the uh individual and particularly the poorest people like, as long as we're doing that i think um we're on solid ground hey that's a status quo be very sustainable i'm sure it'll yeah. work out just fine yeah. i mean the, how am i going to make money off of this though that's the question <laughs> is it going to be an app or are we going to stick with my well, blockchain yeah, idea? We'll, yeah it's not really my department we'll work <laughs> with a, pri a private company to okay. contract this so okay don't okay. worry someone will make money okay yeah Contra tax um yeah the shit tax <laughs> <laughs> now were you for the head tax how do you feel about the yeah head yeah tax? yeah okay. we were definitely okay. for the head tax yeah. I, definitely and repeatedly and okay. um, yeah. I wasn't a fan of it because like it wasn't gonna raise enough money. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, it's, no, there's yeah. yeah, critical support is what we had. Yeah. It was a okay. joke. The whole fucking thing was a joke. But um The fight wasn't the, a joke. The fight yeah. wasn't, that's the yeah, point. No. It was symbolic, mm -hmm. which means the reaction to it was even more powerfully symbolic. Uh defeating it was more powerful way more powerfully symbolic than enacting it would have been yeah though so it was it was act it wasn't about the money because that was none and it wasn't even about the symbolism of passing like a mild progressive <laughs> tax the symbolism to fight for there was to not not pass that tax <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and at because of you know the business community uh rallying against it you know and what do you think about this new narrative that's been really emerging in the last few weeks is that it has spooked amazon and they're moving to bellevue well that's clearly the narrative they're trying yeah. Yeah. to sell i mean the whole thing i mean they've they've calculated it like i mean it shows how how much power they have mm -hmm. that they can pull that stunt with like shutting pretending they were shutting down construction during the fight and then well the, the h2 stunt yeah that, yeah. Whole, that whole stunt I think this is all about can, pitting like locations against each other totally right? this yeah it's all about pitting bellevue mm -hmm. against seattle like yeah. just like they were making every city in the country fight each other yeah for the crumbs but this is why this is why like when i mean i think you know district level issues are fine mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't agree with a criticism that a lot of people will level at someone, especially like Shama Swant, who they will level the criticism that she doesn't talk about district level issues, mm -hmm. and that she does talk about these larger systematic things. And it's like these systematic things are what, mm -hmm. like, you have to have a systematic critique. That's what's affecting people's lives. Like, look, like Amazon has this power that's enormous. That's like totally steamrolling our what we call a democracy so like if you're not talking about that what, what are you going to do about these these um district level issues like how are you going to fix the sewers right yes. if 
Amazon is going to just build their own sewers for their campuses. Yeah. And, I mean, that's what they do now. Amazon and fucking Microsoft have their yeah, buses everywhere. Yeah. Yes. So they have public transit because they they can see, because they're running themselves a large system. They're seeing, oh, this is a needed thing for our system mm-hmm. to function. But because... Because they see in the logic of their own capitalist system, this is needed to function because this is what our system needs to survive. They're not concerned with the larger system of our society, and no one is, mm-hmm. and let, except the people offering a larger systematic critique, like Shama Swant. Uh, and that's why we have shitty public transit. Do you so, think that... I, I wonder with those buses that it's also a matter of their employees don't want to see themselves as the kind of people that take public transit. Right. yeah. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. the sti- yeah, add into that the stigma like just, against yeah. public transit, both on a, like a like a status and class level, mm-hmm. and also like as the like you put it, the person who takes that, but also just being around other people. Yes, totally. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah like it's a whole like what taking public transit kind of encompasses mm-hmm. that. Yeah, they want know? this cushy special version for themselves. Because um, public transit is a very I don't know, maybe this isn't the right word, but like a very democratic experience. No, absolutely right? it is, yeah. you got this amazing cross-section of people, and there are some people that don't want to experience that. In this town, you don't get a great cross-section, actually, mm-hmm. because yeah. you don't get rich people. Oh, well, yes. Like, those people are not on the bus. Yeah. Um, That's what Uber is for. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I was just on a bus the other day, actually, and, um, yeah, it was, it was not... Um, there were not a lot of coders uh, by, by the look of it. Uh, maybe I mean you know that's you know that's maybe a a, a not totally accurate class portrayal, but um, but it wasn't a lot of wealthy people mm-hmm. on that bus. You yeah. know, historically there have been public transit systems in this country in some cities that, at least for times, were like pretty uh, all inclusive. Like it's a matter you know? of like civic engagement and like pride. Yeah. Of taking your public transit. Mm-hmm. If you live in a city, yeah, like yeah. then you should be taking that city's public transit to. Yeah, we but in America we hate the city. <laughs> we uh, we do. We, we have this weird like agricultural fetish. <laughs> like it doesn't make any sense. Like the we, money is the cities being made are dirty. The they're dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and our fake. Um, the suburbs are where everyone pretends to be a yeoman farmer with <laughs> yes. their, their land. Yes. You know, like, I'm always surprised when my friends that live in the suburbs how they don't even have like a garden. Like the first thing I would have if I had a suburban house space, would yeah. be a garden. Yeah. And it's like it's like a couple like you know there's like, like the landscaping there's like a, there's like a lawns, roadie and a juniper yeah and just <laughs> the saddest lawn in the world too. Just yeah you might want to put like grassy like on most <laughs> climates this is a bad one for lawns yeah. You can grow a lot of moss. Oh, I don't know yeah. why people... Okay. No. no. I'm anti-lawn. <laughs> no. Okay. I'm pro-moss. Moss lawn. No, none of this turf grass anymore. Yeah. There are mosses that grow naturally here yeah. that you could cultivate to grow better. They're springy and green. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, na- are native species and resilient. Yeah, they will just to... take over. You just don't want to take a lawnmower over them. Otherwise, they'll yeah. tear it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, you don't have to. It just, yeah, it'll just exactly. keep growing on itself and get a few, you It know. isn't like it gets... It's not like grass where, like, it gets long and dies. No, it it's like, it, no, it it'll build up. There. It'll yeah. raise a, 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 a few inches over yeah, years. Yeah, I mean, in the your soil, lifetime, it's never going to Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lo- uh, Moss lawns, no more turf, no more grass. 
They're environmentally I mean, destructive. What, are, what in those few sunny spots? What about them? I mean, the moss isn't going to grow in the right, sunny spot. Right. Well, there you plant a fucking tree to make more <laughs> okay. shade for the moss. <laughs> right, <there> you go. <laughs> you've, got, you've got it covered. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, where the, where the fuck were we? Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So. I, sewers? Well, okay. Well, we were talking about like district level and city yeah. level um, frames. I yeah, guess. I think my thing with the district level stuff is just that it seems like a good way to engage your voters. And I don't think that people running right now, I think because the districts are so new that they don't realize that you really need to be really connecting with your people in your neighborhood with the issues they really care about. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of folks that are very focused on like citywide issues. Yeah. Which is okay, but I think you're just if you had. If the candidates focused more on like very local stuff, I think it's they're going to get a lot more traction. Yeah, or at least, I mean, I guess I want to push back on that a little mm-hmm. and say I think if I mean obviously people are going to need to appeal to the voters in their district. Mm-hmm. I think a tr- the trick may be to talk about larger things if they're going to in a way that resonates with in a particular way that can resonate with those people in a, in a particular district because yeah. there are we are we're seeing that i suppose but it might not be all that good yeah okay <laughs> well oh, no exactly no uh, yeah like district seven you know um where we both live me and colin yeah Just, no that's the, where the most toxic shit comes from is talking about yeah you're right these uh, larger issues but in a way that appeals to these uh quasi-suburban homeowners yeah, the biggest issue from my talking to voters and talking to candidates has been homelessness. Yeah. Like, that is the number one issue. And Yeah, I mean, it's the half level of what we've talked about ever on this podcast. And the level of demonization I've seen of homeless folks has been really shocking. Yeah. And just, and not just of everyone I talk to. Like, it's, it's really disturbing. I, yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what to say. It's, yeah. It's really yeah, I mean, disturbing. that's, that's, that's basically our beat on this podcast. Um. <laughs> Yeah, is but the the disturbing reactionary shit um, that is said about uh, homeless people. Um, we spent it, the last two episodes talking about the fucking Como doc. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that I do that some people have suggested is I was very hostile towards that state of emergency because I don't think they did anything. Oh yeah, under Murray. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Is it still under effect? It is. Yeah, it still, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's been and three like, years. If you really thought, like, I mean, the government always, in all levels, always like abuses the whole state of our brand is thing. crisis. Yeah, it's just BS all the time. But if you really wanted to say, like, if you really wanted to be aggressive and say there is an emergency in homelessness, and if you look around, if you go around the city, there is an emergency. There's tons of people suffering horribly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like that. Then what do you do? Like, there's, there's, you know, you could be doing like what. Maybe this will be bad, but like, you know, like FEMA style tent city kind of thing. Yeah. Just get service providers in there, yeah. really, really work and try to figure out the solution because people health care and mental health care, right. like addiction help, like all kinds of stuff. Like we're not doing that. What are we doing? Well, what what happened with the state of emergency? The, why you have to demonize them is because the next to to admit this is like a systematic problem that is oppressing these people, that we have a system that is generating these people, or even to just not demonize them and go, okay, how do we solve the immediate problem? How do we ameliorate the immediate emergency? Is like you said, yes, like FEMA tents and, you know, housing everyone all the time in something temporary with healthcare and food and whatever. And then you go, well, that's insane. 
because where like if you're gonna spend all that fucking money and time, why don't you go? Why not the next level? And then why not the next level? And soon, if you actually think about this for five minutes, you might actually change our economic system <laughs> and actually not generate homeless people or people who can't care for themselves. You might actually um, try to make a more like equitable economy that fucking takes care of everybody um, and distribute wealth around. So I mean, you just can't even go there. Yeah, that's what you're right. And to, to, I mean, I so want that, it to be the first step. Well, so that you but can't not, get to that not, first yeah. step because this is why the the demonization is what it is, what it is, and why everything in that Como doc is what it is. Because that you're right, that would be the first logical step. Even if you didn't do that, just in this in the thinking it through, that would like, might, like a hurricane or earthquake. Yeah. Like it's an emergency. Yeah. people are suffering. How can we help? Them? And what that first step involves is giving a lot of services to mm -hmm. people who need them. That's the first step down that road to actually solving the problem, at least in the thought experiment. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why you have to demonize those people. To prevent the discussion from going even to that first ludicrous step um, that doesn't involve solving a problem. To, to stop the conversation before it even gets to that obvious reality. You have to demonize those people... Um, make them unworthy of anything but prison, make it their fault, uh, and make helping people in an emergency that was created by forces out of their control, you need to make that, um, you know, uh, everything we think about welfare, you know, like we need to get, you know, giveaways that are going to make people lazy, perverse incentives, you know, um, encouraging drug addiction, you know, it's the same thing with like take a smaller issue like i mean i say smaller i mean like more logistically contained maybe of like just addiction mm -hmm. well the first what's the first obvious thing is safe injection sites right like healthcare providing like treating it like healthcare mm -hmm. okay as a first step to getting people like through to dealing with people just being on the streets dying overdosing you know Treating this like a like a healthcare problem, mm -hmm. so but that means that existing that means and people don't want to they don't they hate that so they have to you have to demonize those people to prevent that conversation from even getting there. Yeah, I I I think we need even more than just the safe injection sites. Yeah, that, yeah. Like for any like substance abuse issue, we should have those kinds of clinics or spaces because you know you can offer those people a way out too there. Like it's yeah, not, of course, yeah. like people. I think it's there's just this a first, it's a first step. Yeah, but we have this idea that these safe injection site, like people are just gonna flock here from all over the world <laughs> to do heroin. It's like, no. yeah, well, yeah, that's the myth about homelessness too. Seattle, which has been largely debunked. Yes, but you hear it all the time that yeah. they're. I mean, I was, I tried being involved in um, East Side stuff a little bit in Redmond, and like encountered a lot of people who were like, oh, it's the same, same thing, but a little bit different. Where they say, oh. All the uh, homeless folks from Seattle come to Redmond because we give so many services. Uh -huh. It's like no, we do we do surveys and people say, oh, well, I lived here and I became homeless yeah. and so I, now that's why I live in the woods over there. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. Because it's like I this is where I live. I know this place. <laughs> yeah. I know the grocery store, yeah, right. the convenience store. Yeah, like yeah. If I go there's, to Seattle. Like there's all those camps and stuff, but I don't know anybody there, and like it's scary. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 
Yeah. This was my community that has mm -hmm. cast me out. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, like an abusive relationship. Yeah. Yeah. You still want to stay where you're comfortable. Um, well, do you think that this were in a unique time then for the city council races because the conversation is so dominated by citywide issues? I think we're in a unique race just because the districts are so new. Yeah. And I think the democracy vouchers also like encourage these people. I mean, I don't. I I might be wrong, but I don't think there's ever been a time when there's this many people running for Seattle. Yeah, there so seems few, like a lot there's of so folks. few seats. I mean, yeah, when you got like forty plus people, yeah. like there's so so many people. Like to just take an issue like homelessness, like what? I mean, what is the range of the? So the candidates you've talked yeah. to, like yeah. what? What's the range of the the attitudes or the ideas let's say let's be generous and mm -hmm. say ideas like what is uh yeah i mean what are the what are the farthest in any direction um that's a really tough question i'd say i don't want to be mean but i'll say that realistically i think that the range because i can choose any range here is um <laughs> simplistic to realistic um i've had some people on then some people you know they're they have very simplistic ideas of homelessness and how to solve that. Mm -hmm. And like you said, a lot of it is about character and a lot of that American mythology stuff. And, mm -hmm. and other people are very honest and say it is incredibly complex. I have no idea. Like yeah. I've got, I mean, I've got some desires of things to do, but yeah. like even just talking about it as just being homelessness is not like a good place to start. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, talking for about sure. mental health care, talking about addiction, talking about, you know, just affordability of the city and mm -hmm. stuff like that and Basic jobs and even structures. just, you know, capitalism like you're talking about, like that, you know, maybe just talking about it as just, and I, I mean, I ask this question all the time, you know, how can the city help homeless folks? But then, you know, that might be just too simplistic. So I, I, I appreciate the people that have a more complex, complex, <laughs> nuanced view mm -hmm. of homelessness. Like what are some of those yeah. views? If you if you're yeah. able to summarize, well, I think like, a little, like yeah. one thing like you were just talking about is um, the safe injection sites. Yeah, I don't actually know of anybody who's really, really out there saying we need this. I think even the folks that are for safe injection sites are kind of hedging a little bit. Yeah, okay. just because it's a tough thing to go out there. But I think that that is definitely something that I think would be a good first step. Yeah, because yeah. like you'd be getting those people like off the streets. Like, I mean, in Seattle right now, I mean, we do have a major heroin epidemic. I mean, you'll go around and you just see people, like, shooting up just in the parks and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. like, it's, like, my wife is a nurse and she worked in the hospital for a little while and just seeing people come in with infections and stuff and maybe had those safe injection sites. Right, yeah. A lot of those infections and needle course, sharing and yeah. all that stuff. Like, there's so many things you could start helping with and just this one little thing. Well, there's this framing, like where it is what can the city do how can the city solve this problem yeah. right and that's the way and the the critics of the current you know council and the mayor the como doc types the safe seattle types are like you know well all that we're doing all this and, and a larger spectrum too they're well we're, we've done all this we've spent all this money it's not working it hasn't solved the problem I, that's a ludicrous position because but what I haven't heard any many people 
running for office. I mean, let's leave the like out and out socialists, you know, out of this because they have a systematic critique. That's why, that's why they're cool. But <laughs> no one else like so. We our last episode we talked all about, you know, the the like weak pathetic response from from City Hall to the to the like uproar over the Como Dock and how it just gave away the whole frame um, to the right and what no one is willing to say because I guess because they don't have a systematic critique is on what I would like you know wish just you know Seattle liberals could say is we're not going to solve this problem like it, it is not possible we cannot stem we cannot end this because it's an it's a national thing mm-hmm it's a problem of the entire economy. All we can do is ameliorate it in protest of that reality. All we can do is bankrupt ourselves fucking helping people who are in need because they are. Not because we think we're going to solve homelessness. Because that's not... It's We can't change... We can't... We can do some good things, but we cannot, as a Seattle City Council, you know change the entire terms of the economy mm-hmm. now we could do some really important things particularly on housing policy like we could very much the city council in pl- in places where regulation could actually help instead of just spending and redistribution of wealth like the city council could r- really do things like changing how the real estate market works um in all kinds of ways like to prevent all the investment speculation in real estate Mm-hmm. And that would be good things, but we could also just spend a lot of money helping people, and and building housing, and it's, but with the understanding that it's not going to solve the fucking problem. We spent money, like on a tunnel, yeah, yeah. like yeah. waterfront tunnel. Like mm-hmm. we can spend money. Like people talk about how there's not enough money. Yeah, there's enough money to do a lot of things in this town. Yeah, yeah. but not to take care of people. Right. Yeah. 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 Clean up T-Mobile Park. There's money for that. Yeah. Oh, there's oh. What that is a King County. Oh yes, that's right. 135 million. Yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. like, yeah. I mean, and I think those those arguments are constructive because you know it just shows like we're spending money on this on. There is not an emergency mindset. There isn't yes. an acknowledgement really in the day to day spending that this is like in a an absurd situation that should not be allowed to continue or should, or that we should be throwing everything at to, uh, ameliorate. Um, but I think even if you did that, even if you're like, no, we're not going to, we're going to let the ballparks barely deteriorate in, and instead we're going to house a bunch of people. Even if you did all that, you're not going to solve this problem. And I think that is a politics that there is not enough of in this city. And I think, you know, from the mayor's perspective, you can, they want to say, they want to, like, sound reasonable by admitting, yes, we're getting some things wrong, there are gaps in the system, but we're going to do what we can to fix it. And we're going to do better. And then, you know, you'll ask a year later and it'll be the same thing. <laughs> if, I, I don't think there's any... I, I should watch my words. I don't know if there's really any intent, really, to solve the homeless problem. Yeah. Like... I wonder how much of it is just appeasing people that are angry about it. Yeah, yeah, no. They're angry completely. about seeing homeless folks in the street. They're like that's why I get so I get very angry about the whole state of emergency thing because mm-hmm. we're not treating it like no, not if, at all. Like there was an earthquake. 
and there are people without right. homes right. and they're suffering and what are we going to do to help those people that's not the attitude we're taking like yeah. instead what we're doing is we're doing the sweeps mm -hmm. so you got people yeah. who are suffering and you're like oh what are we going to do we're going to help them no we're going to kick them all out of this area yeah. and be like good luck yeah because in the, in the case of an earthquake it's you go well that's out that was out of these people's control this was an act of god that just happened to these but people so much of the homelessness really ah, but for that to be true you need a systematic critique you need to go what's yeah. the earthquake that's happening here oh it's it's our economic system well absent that you're not gonna have that that kind of priority because you're not going to because you're implicitly blaming those people but is there any hope then like because we can't really change the system so like take the example of like sanctuary cities mm. i think this is a super good frame on that issue because there is a larger like um don't worry about it yeah, seriously okay. like make all the noise you want i i just sometimes crack beers right in front of me yeah. the there's a larger political issue of immigration nationally mm -hmm. it has a lot of complicated fucking facets we're mm -hmm. being our fascist empire is being run finally by an open fascist and racist and that and that and everyone's fine with it yeah like, exactly really and <laughs> yeah. everyone's fine yeah, yeah exactly like, and it's horrible. life goes on and they're they're the immigration enforcement is out of fucking control and they're doing committing all these horrible crimes again and just absolutely abusing people the city of Seattle and these other sanctuary cities cannot solve their problem. And they acknowledge that. They stand up and say, like, but we don't have to fucking participate mm -hmm. directly in that. And we can take these steps and to do this, this bare minimum that we can in an effort to protect a few people or at least not contribute by, say, supplying data to fucking ICE. Um, and we can work, use that, and talk about that as an issue and change this frame. You know, change the way we're talking about, bring, use this as a political issue. I mean, that's, that's what you do here. Like, um, that's a, that's, there are systematic critiques that even Democrats have on immigration. I mean, they're not all great, but at least they have them. Um, so we need that on homelessness too, because it's, it's, and just economically in general. Yeah, Seattle's such a strange place because we do have, like, well, we've got these liberal folks, right? But we also have, like, kind of this, like, socialist kind of movement going on. But being, like, you know, these major, like, Microsoft and Amazon, like, these just ginormous monopoly companies, it's such a weird... It's like a microcosm of something much bigger, man. It's like, it is a weird... We have a weird concentration of some of the biggest companies in the world. And I mean... It makes sense, like... We can't afford to do anything around here. Right, right. That's, that, that, that's the thing that gets me. It's like, we have, like, what, two of the richest people in the world here. Yeah. We've got these yeah. mega corporations. We've got all these people... Who One of the make... richest corpses. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we still can't seem to pay for anything. Yeah. We well, have bridges that, that we can't replace. That explains right. for, like, the success of, like, a socialist city council candidate... Okay, in Shama Swan, mm -hmm. like that's those are that that shit makes it pretty easy to fucking talk about. Okay, she that's what she's good at is taking these issues and making them and connecting them to real things. It's a very stark. The reality mm -hmm. here is very stark. It's very mm -hmm. easily politically digestible. Just what you said. We have these massive fucking corporations of rich people, and the city 
still has social problems. Weird, you know? Like, <laughs> why is that? Um, and so it's easy to talk about those things. So that's that's sort of the the Seattle's revolutionary potential, <laughs> if yeah. I may. I mean, I, I'm a little afraid of how many people here are just... They don't. They're not civically engaged at all. Yeah. Like you can meet somebody on the street, and they will have like a whole ton of opinions about Congress, about Trump, about all kinds of things. You'll ask them about something in the city. No idea. Yeah. No idea. They don't read the paper. Um, you know, they don't follow local news. Nothing. And part of that also is right now, like how the Trump thing just sucks all the oxygen out of the room. It just seems like just continuously like this. Well, yeah. like national liberals have been pumping all the oxygen out of the room in the name of Trump. Yeah. Um, well, and for ratings, like he, yeah, everything exactly. he, he sells, that's why he got elected is he yeah. like those media people yep. put him on the screen because he got ratings. And they said as much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and like now really they were shocked. Him. How did this happen? Well, you put Sometimes him on TV markets work. Yeah. And now that, like you said, the oxygen has been sucked up for the last two years on this, like, all this, the Trump shit that's gone nowhere, you know, yeah. and um, instead of a systematic critique, um, and it, yeah, it has occupied the brains of everybody who maybe would have, I mean, say no one, like, is locally engaged, I mean, local news and media is incredibly banal, so really, if everyone just started listening to local podcasts instead <laughs> of reading, say, the Seattle Times or watching, God forbid, Como or Cairo or something, yeah. Then we might be in a much better place. Yeah, there's a bunch of people making like a lot of independent content out here. So, on that note, can you recommend besides obviously? I mean, it's pointless to recommend anything but our two shows, like because that's going to take up plenty of your time and all the information you need to know. Really, yeah, yeah um, it's a good starting. Seattle point. sucks yeah. and talk to Seattle. But are yeah. there other um, Seattle-based podcasts that you like uh, uh, for civics in general? Yeah, I mean, there is, I mean, uh, South Times has the Overcast. Mm -hmm. That one's really good. Okay, I, I that would be the one. I actually listen to that. I should yeah, start. Maybe. Yeah, I'd recommend that one. I mean, that, that one's been, it's very well produced. That would be the number one one. So, um, do they just, is that just a news overview or what? Um, usually they pick one story. So it's not like a, like I really want one okay. person. Actually, I, I thought about doing this as a so show. So it's like the reporter who did the story. Um, yeah, I think it's Jim Bruder and somebody yeah, else. I can't remember back. Yeah. Else, but yeah. I want to get them on the Seattle podcast, or podcast but I haven't reached out to them yeah, quite yet. Awesome. If they're listening, come on my show. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I, I, that's the one I would really recommend. Um, you know, one thing I really wish, and I, I want to actually do this as a show, but I don't need another podcast, is I would like, like a weekly wrap-up of local news. Like have something released on like a Sunday or sometimes on the weekend that kind of gives like the weekly news summary for the entire yeah. week. And you could release it already at double speed. Oh yeah. So that if you wanted it yeah. to double it again yeah. Yeah. in yeah. your app, then yeah. you've got like I, this quick dose of, of yeah. weekly news, you're all caught up, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Because I mean, yeah. one thing I think when you're talking about people like in like kind of their views of the world changing. I think one way to really make, maybe one baby step would be is to help people be more engaged civically at the local level. Yeah. I think maybe if you understood what was going on, if you really saw what was going on, maybe then your mind would change about some things, you know? Yeah. Like, I think a lot of people want to kind of think that government is kind of magical. 
Yeah. Like it's just these incompetent fools. And if I was right. in charge, everything yeah. would be great. Yeah. But when you're actually like following council meetings, when you're actually seeing people really trying hard to solve complex problems, then you realize, oh, yeah, it's not as easy. And that's one thing we, we're really dealing with here in Seattle is like a lack of civic engagement. And it's really your duty as a citizen to be engaged yeah. and following what's well, going on you know, and I'm not just, just poo-pooing politics. And I yeah. think I'm trying to think up like what Seattle civics or news oriented podcasts I do listen to. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm thinking, God, they're mostly nationally oriented. So mm -hmm. like Blabbermouth, the strangers podcast. Yeah. Um, so that's how you get the audience. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean they're doing... talking about like Lena Dunham and Trump most yeah. of the time, and I, you know, I mean, I mean, if you want to do like a local, a very locally focused show like mine, you're not going to make money. You're really? not going to get advertisers. Yeah. Like, there's you're 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 doing like you know the public affairs channel stuff or the stuff that was like you know Sunday morning early in the day kind of stuff that was, you know the stations were required to produce. Right? You're not going to. There's no the market just doesn't. That's why you need podcasts, right? You need someone like me, and I'm going to toot my own whore, <laughs> who really cares, who's yeah. willing to put the time in to actually produce this content, because no one's going to pay me. Yeah. I, I live off my wife. My wife supports everything I do. That must be nice. Yes. I got to get me one of those. <laughs> Sugar mama, hell yeah. Yeah, she's very sweet. <laughs> um. <laughs> like, yeah. Without her, I wouldn't be able to do all the things I'm doing. I would not be able to do all these interviews. Yeah. Like, that when you talk about like capitalism and all this stuff, mm -hmm. like that's a fact. Like I would want to do this, but the fact is, like I just would not have right, the yeah. time. Yeah. Like this, all this stuff takes so much time. Yeah. And yeah, she's the only reason. Who knows how long that will last? Like one, one like car repair right, away right. from me having to get a job at Dick's Hamburgers or whoever will possibly hire me. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, they probably won't hire me. I think I made fun of. <laughs> yeah. You know, like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because of my, um, maybe just to, like, derail us and, and uh, sum us up here, I'll just, like, uh, talk, tell you all about the travails of my life. I So, because of my idiotic freelance career, I have been reduced um, to going back to driving Lyft this week um, to cover some immediate uh, needs, uh, which, whatever, uh, it's fine. I did it when I moved back up here from L.A., and... Uh, you know, you meet a bunch of people. I've actually met a bunch of comrades because um, it'll start, you know, start chatting and eventually at some point I'm like, well, that's fucking capitalism for you. <laughs> and then they're like, hell yeah. And I get like a fist bump, uh, you know, like, um, so, um, and if any of those, and then of course I end up telling them about the podcast. So actually I think most of our, our recent, uh, new listeners are really just my, um, <laughs> my fares. Uh, I, I have a question. Yeah. So you're, so when I work retail, I really didn't want people talking to me. Yeah. So when I take a lift, I have the same feeling of like, yeah. this person doesn't want me talking to them. Should I talk to Lyft driver or not? Is it rude to not talk or is it rude to try to make BS conversation? I don't think it's rude to try and make BS conversation. Okay. I usually say like, you know, hello, some dopey thing about the weather or whatever, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. kind of yeah. thing. Not canned stuff, just like what, oh, it's raining out. Yeah. yeah. I, I sort of start with, like, hey, how's your day going once yeah. we're driving okay. away? Okay. And, like, you know, just read it from there. Yeah. Some people don't okay. want to talk, you know? Okay, so just that normal Not that I, I mean, <laughs> Colin's looking at me like, Greg, you've never read a person right in your life. And are probably just yakking at these people um, unwanted. And that's probably true, but um, that's, that's okay. Uh, see, I don't want to be the passenger who's doing that. Right, like, yeah. Jabbering away yeah. in the backseat, and he's like, 
this guy. <laughs> yeah. When I just pull over and drop him off now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't gotten any like real like uh, maga chuds or anything. So, okay. uh, but yeah. But so wait, so you worked retail? Oh yeah. So oh, so like, ca- like yeah, cash yeah. register, like yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah okay, for so, uh, bookstore yeah. for like over a decade. All right. So you ever have this? You know how like when someone's card gets declined and they like. Oh, yeah. You know, have to go through a little like song and dance, like of surprise or confusion, and like, well, let's try it again, or but what could be wrong? It's like I can't imagine, or then it's you know, like, oh, goddamn (laughs) banks, you know, fucking whatever. So now um, I'm playing this like game of roulette where I'm like, hmm, let's see. I'll just I'm just gonna go to a store. Let's see if this will work. You know, I'm like, (laughs) so I'm going up. I know I'm going up. I know this is like. You know, I might be purchasing grocery items or not today, um, but because I like to think these things through, like I know what I'm going to say when someone knocks on the stall and I'm on the can. You know, like I already have that plan. I'm not like, I'm not like, oh, somebody's in here. No, I've got a script. Okay, so when I get up and the, it comes back declined, I, I just say, ah. God damn money. <laughs> and that's that's the whole thing. Instead of uh, trying to deny that I'm uh, yeah. destitute. Yeah, I had a lot of those groceries declined. And then it's like, do I put them back? A lot of times they'll be like, oh, we'll take care of this. Like, I feel like I should put it back. Yeah, I took all this right. stuff off your shelves. I'm just going to leave it here. And they just kind of want you to leave. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They just no, yeah. No, the thing to do is like, um, hmm, I'll go figure this out. See you later. Yeah. But but see, that's really, I think, a perfect story because that is the Seattle prevailing feeling right now of being uncomfortable with like homeless people. Mm-hmm. It's their feeling awkward. It's like... Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're confronted with this reality that is oh. awkward and uncomfortable. It's worse. It's even worse for the people in line behind you. Oh, I'm you sure. Know, they're like, yeah. oh, God, I'm seeing a poor person. Yeah, should I? Oh, God. Well, and you know what they're probably thinking? Should I pay for this guy's groceries? No, should I help him out? No one They're, they're wondering, that. do they have Purell in? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, and that's why Safe Seattle that's the, exists. That's why that's an impulse buy. <laughs> the one I was exposed to. <laughs> okay. Well, in case anyone is wondering what I say when I'm in a public restroom and someone knocks on the door or the stall... Uh, it's it's there's two possible options. If I'm absolutely certain that the door is locked and the lock is functioning correctly, I without like a skipping a beat, I say, "Come on in," <laughs> and just wait for the the handle to jiggle instinctively, and then someone go. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and if I am not certain, uh, I go. I just say, "Yoo-hoo! <laughs> that also you get weird noises of confusion and yeah. and shock outside well jason thank you so much for being with us um listeners you should follow jason at mr rigdon underscore so mr underscore rigdon on twitter listen to his shows talk to seattle <laughs> and podcast questions and you can find oh, those. The, the seattle podcasters podcast oh and this okay yes. i miss that one yeah, okay. yeah yeah i don't even think i knew that one existed so yeah, i thought three podcasts no okay. no i got too many shows and you had crypto shows when we first oh yes. uh yeah yes, yeah if anybody wants to talk to me about uh cryptocurrency i know a lot of the scammers out there <laughs> Sewer i've blockchain. interviewed a lot of them <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> well, you can find all those shows pretty much where 
any podcasts are played, mm-hmm. but I think uh, check them out on iTunes, give them a five-star review, subscribe. Um, and you can also, as we've talked about before, you can find them at Optimism Brewery in Capitol Hill uh, for the Podcasters Guild Meetup. The next one is April 24th. And I think, as Jason mm-hmm. said, if you're interested in starting a podcast mm-hmm. or just sort of podcast curious you can come out and meet some folks and who knows ask. we might even be there yeah we might we yeah. might be there we should have like, what, like 20 to 40 people there yeah they're, like they're, quite a lot of people who have shows so like if you do want to start a show or you just want to meet other podcasters like it's a great place to kind of network and just talk yeah and people are super friendly and it's they, not an agenda like there's no yeah. talks there's no like like speaker it's just a group of people just kind of yeah. having beers and yeah. just Jason Talking. just buys everyone a beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, excuse me, excuse me. Jason's wife just buys everyone beer. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we're talking about money, uh, we have a few more Patreon subscribers. So Hell yeah! We, so we wanted to thank those th- new three subscribers. Christian Medico, Brian Platt, friend of the show. Hell now, yeah! Now extra special friend of the show. And Benos, Benosialism, a uh, little play on Ben and socialism, I think. Thank you so much for supporting the show. It's super awesome. So if you want to be like them, you can find us on Patreon. We have a new Seattle Suckers report that only people who pay the Starbucks latte market price can listen to. So there's some incentive. Wait, uh, star- Starbucks latte. I'm a patron. <laughs> do I need a re-up? No, no. We, what, it's $5. Okay. That's the minimum threshold. Yeah, that is the but minimum. You should give yes. at the local market yeah. price of a tall Starbucks yeah. latte. That, that's I have this, no idea what that is. Well, go to your, the one nearest your house and, and order and find out. <laughs> well, you can find us on Patreon at Seattle Sucks, I believe. And um, yeah, we really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Thank you again, Jason, for being here. Thank you.